Welcome back. It's good to be back. Hey, it's the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer. Com. I'm Jared Jesselitis, and over there, Jeff Julek joining me here. We'll do it every Friday here, same time, right at the Hammer Down Show. We're going to spend a whole hour with our friends talking Boilermaker basketball. What a time to be alive here, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Hard to believe it's uh, basketball season already. Uh, seems like just yesterday we were uh, following the uh, Boilers in the NCAA tournament, and uh, next thing no, you know, it's, not, it's, it's, it's too soon, too soon to bring that soon. up. Do you hey, know? We, we won two games in the tournament. Yeah, that, that was that great. Was but good. you know what? Only one of us was sitting at a sports book in Las Vegas being the only person <laughs> with a Purdue ticket against, oh gosh. It against St. Pete. That was, so. that, was, that was a tough scene, man. Let me tell you. That was a real tough scene there. And uh, Texting for yeah, but uh, it's, a, it's a new season. We're, we're back Blue at Fox it. We've got new faces. Uh, we have American got... Um, air conditioning dealer. Man, I, it, it is a tough team to peg right station. now, isn't it? Is it tough to feel like where where do I set the bar? That's my big thing coming in this one, Jeff. And I think that's what a lot of listeners will listen to or listening or, or ask themselves: well, What do I expect out of this team? Where, where do I set the bar? Like, how many wins should we be doing? Where should we be finishing in the Big Ten? Like, tell us about this team. And I'm here to tell you, I, this is going to be a little difficult because there are a lot of unknowns with this team. Yeah, you know, and that's the beauty of, of college basketball. Great team last year, you know, led by Jaden Ivey and Trevion Williams. And, you know, they're off uh, uh, to their professional careers. And, and now you restart. And, and, you know, this is an intriguing team because, you know, we're hearing things out of Matt Painter that you just don't hear out of coach. And, I'm a little scared about some of those things, by the way, but continue. <laughs> you, know, he, you know, he made the comment that he thinks his front court is the best in the Big Ten and maybe one of the best in the country. And, you know, and, and he also made the comment that Brendan Smith, uh, you know, they'll be asking why he's not a uh, top 50 recruit. That's and, the scary one uh, here. I and I'll, I'm going to ask Alan. Uh, Alan Carpenter's going to be on with us here in a little bit from goldenblack.com. There is a lot of praise being heaped on this freshman at what is quite possibly the most crucial position on this team at point guard because you just do not have the bodies. And I feel like we're putting an awful lot on the shoulders of this young man early on, and that scares me to death. But you know, the same thing happened in high school. I mean, he, as a freshman, he was he was put in the lineup and and took over the team as a freshman, running the point there. And you know, he's just that kind of player. He he's a winner. He knows how to to uh, make the plays. And I think the Purdue fans are going to fall in love with this young man. And I also think the rest of the Big Ten are going to learn to hate this young man because he's that kind of player that gets under your skin, you know, the kind we've used to see with, uh, with uh, you know, the, the, the villains of the Big Ten that the Boilermakers have seen over the years. So Just start naming off your Ohio State boys. Go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, you want to say Aaron Craig? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, just start naming No, but those, this but. is where I, get, where I, you know, I feel like that, yeah, he can come in and make an impact early, um, and especially during the non-conference. I, I feel like we hear the story a lot, and then once we hit conference play, then all of a sudden things kind of change a little bit. It's a lot more physical, and, and freshmen will tend to have a trouble adapting sometimes. You feel like they hit a little bit of a wall. We've seen that story before, but everybody just seems so high on him, and it's just like, we're not Indiana. Calm down with the hype here just a little bit. Let's just stay nice and under the radar. That's where we really thrive, um, and and let's just let the chips fall where they may then. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, Matt Painter has just set the, you know, basically at Purdue anymore, you don't rebuild, you reload. And uh, that's what's been happening year after year. And, you know, when you see people making their Big Ten predictions, they're hesitant to pick Purdue out of the top five because of the fact that 
Matt Painter produces a top five Big Ten team every year, and I think this year will be no exception. And I think the fun part about this team will be this team kind of resembles the team that made the deep run to the Elite Eight that, that lost to Virginia on that heartbreaker because, you know, if you recall, that team really struggled in, in early season. You know, we were all sitting around here doing the show thinking this team might not even make the NCAA tournament, and then all of a sudden they came together. And I think that's what you're going to see because – no doubt this front court's going to be really, really good. I mean, when you get when it starts with Zach Eady, who without a doubt is a you know a top ten player in the country, um, you start there and then you look at his his running mate there. I mean, is it going to be you know you get a combination of Gillis, you get a combination of of Caleb first, and then you add in Trey Kaufman Wren, who you know looks to be a fantastic player. I mean, don't forget he was Indiana run up for Mister Basketball two years ago, who redshirted last year so that front court looks so solid that you need to get some play out of your backcourt and and you've got Ethan Morton back there who can stabilize things with his coach's mentality that he brings to the court I mean it's going to be a fun team to watch come together and a lot of freshmen that could possibly be contributing this year as well um we know that it sounds like Berg is going to be a red shirt. Uh, he's he's got like a wrist injury right now, anyway. Too yeah. is is what we're hearing. So it seems like he's a slam dunk for a red shirt. Uh, but you talk about the backcourt there. Then I got to ask what happens with Cam Heidi. Does he go ahead and take the red shirt here as well? Um, I'm sure guys like Trey Kaufman Run are telling him, "Yeah, dude, you should definitely do that. That's a smart thing to do." Um, it's. I think it might be a little bit crowded for some playing time in that spot. He might be a very good candidate. Whether or not that happens, I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, Fletcher Lawyer, uh, Braden Smith, both uh, true freshmen coming in here. Trey Kaufman ran as a redshirt freshman. Um, going to be uh, making some stuff. We haven't even gotten to guys like Brian Waddell. I mean, there, there's it's a lot of potential. A lot of guys we've thought is, are going to have potential that haven't been really battle tested yet. That's where the uncertainty really comes in. I think you got some good players here, but uh, how do they hold up to the college game? And most importantly, Jeff, can they play as a unit? Can they come together as one? Five fingers there. Can they come together to make that fist? That's going to be the big question here early on for Matt Painter. And I think that's what you see with Smith. I mean, he's just a, a type of person who would who'd rather get the passes or, to the uh, shooters as opposed to score, but he can score. And interesting about uh, Heidi because, you know, you would think he would want a red shirt, but he is so solid and so good that he may force himself into a situation where they actually use him this year. So there's all kind of pieces, and I can't wait for tomorrow when they have their secret scrimmage uh, with Cincinnati. Um down as as uh, Brian calls it in an abandoned marsh building somewhere in I saw that. <laughs> so, uh, for Brian. so uh, you know, let's see how that does because Cincinnati will be a solid team, and uh, uh, you know they will press us, and that's something Purdue's going to have to deal with as a press. We're going to do that again when Ooh, you look at that early schedule. Matt, Matt Painter, you're over here telling me Matt Painter always puts out top five Big Ten teams, and I forget too. Also, uh, Purdue just never seems to be able to break the press. Yeah, uh, we've gone know. through those stages. Well, we've had a couple of years where hey, we, we've we knocked better. it out of the park, but that's just like one of those old Achilles heel, like you know football. Ball playing in the in the rain or in the in the snow, you're like, oh no, we haven't exactly. gotten this up yet, have we? Exactly. Yeah. But you know, last year they did okay, and uh, you know, keep in mind they lost to one non-conference opponent last year the entire season. So, and unfortunately that was at the end of the season. But uh, they had a great non-conference uh, uh, pr- uh, production last year. So you know, it's going to be so much fun Tuesday night, Wednesday night when this team uh, laces it up against uh, Harry S. Truman and uh, <laughs> and the uh, exhibition game. So. 
That's going to be a lot of fun. So. But boy, they got Truman. They got Truman back here. What a get. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you managed to do that. <laughs> Heck of a get there uh, for Cincinnati. But uh, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we'll have the exhibition game on Wednesday, yep. which is uh, you know your first chance to really go out there and watch them in game action. The Summians went out there and uh, enjoyed Fan Day and, and watched the practices and stuff, and kind of got a feel for uh, what this team could be. But um, early on for me, Jeff, again, it's going to be the impact of the underclassmen and can these guys? What's that lineup look like? What works with everybody together? Because um, I don't know that we really know what the starting five is right now. I think we maybe know like three of the starting five, but that's about it. Yeah, and you know I think the three would probably be Eighty and Gillis and uh, Morton, and then the other two becomes interesting. But Smith will be the point guard for sure, and then I think the the one that's really up in the air will be will it be Brandon Newman at the uh, at the two, or will it be uh, Fletcher Lawyer, who you know Matt is so invested in him and he plays so well and. Maybe the best shooter they that shooter man has ever recruited. Yeah, he's so. shooter man. He is a shooter. I think there, there, so. there's a lot of really good shooters on this team. Like two, three, four. I, I think we got some. We got some shooters at, at all three of those spots. And there. then think about it: when Edie goes out and you slide first in at the center position, then all of a sudden first goes out. And we you got know, you got to go all the way sh- top of the key. Then he yeah. shot forty percent from three point range last year. So yeah. he goes out and starts hitting three for the first time in. Many, many years, Purdue has five positions that can all drain the three, and, and that's going to pay dividends for them. And, of course, in, in typical Matt Painter fashion, I'm sure this bench is going to be a little long through the non-conference, and then uh, sometime between now and uh, about Christmas, it's going to get shortened up, and I'm excited to see exactly how he manages to do that. Uh, but they got to find what works here, and uh, I'll be very interested to see what works exactly and how long it takes the Boilermakers to figure it out. We're going to go and take our first break. When we come back, Alan Carpick of GoldenBlack.com is going to be my guest here. We'll talk to him about what he thinks uh, about this team as we head into another season. And uh, that is coming up next. Stick around. There's more on the way. It's the Boiler Basketball Show back here on 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7TheHammer.com. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7TheHammer.com. All right, we're over the Blue Fox Heating, Cooling, Hammerhead Hotline, and Alan Karpik of GoldenBlack.com is with us here as well. We get set for another Purdue men's basketball season. Uh, Alan, always a pleasure to be able to talk Purdue with you. You're such a great historian of this, uh, you know, of this school and its uh, athletics. Uh, um, as we go into uh, this year, the 2023-2024, or I'm sorry, the 2022-2023 uh, <laughs> schedule here, uh, oh, what's on your mind as uh, we get set to venture off on another uh, season of men's basketball? Well, I'm a historian because I'm old, but uh, but thanks for having me on, Jared. We, we, we appreciate it a great deal. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I think that's first and foremost. You know, I think fans... Last year was an interesting year because Purdue obviously got ranked number one, uh, and that is a situation where where uh, uh, expectations got really high, and and it was a fun season last year. It didn't end the way that fans wanted it to, and and the way that Matt Painter and company wanted it to. But uh, but this year, I think if you really love basketball and like watching a team develop, I think you're going to see that. Where last year's team came in so much more. Uh, established, came out hot this year. It may be a work in progress the entire year, but they're going to be a fun team to watch. So I think that's the number one thing for me is that I'm really looking forward to watching guys like uh, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer and Trey Kaufman Rand. Uh, happen to be jerseys number two, three, and four, so I'll be able to keep them keep them uh, keep them uh, separated, so to speak. And David Jenkins, I'm down the line. 
it's just going to be an interesting year to watch this team develop. You brought up Braden Smith. There's been an awful lot of hype here early on about the freshman at a very important position as well, Alan. Um, what are your thoughts on him? And are we putting, are we hyping up a little bit too much? Are we putting too much on his shoulders this early? Well, I, I think Matt Painter, which is kind of interesting at, at the Big Ten Media Day, maybe started that process just by talking about how good he, or how, how much he liked him, uh, and I think that's reality of what uh, you know. I think today in today's world with NIL and transfer portal and everything else, I, I don't think it matters one bit to to, to Braden Smith, and I don't. And from everything I can gather, certainly Brian Newbert watches a lot close, close more closely than I do, but. Uh, uh, watching him on tape and a little bit of practice, uh, he can play and he's going to play. And he's about to play a big role, and I anticipate that he's going to play a, a role that uh, will be very productive. Now, any freshman that comes in, just about any freshman, I should say, uh, comes in and there's going to be peaks and valleys. But uh, he has the things that Matt Painter likes in terms of his not only his competitiveness, but can shoot the basketball, can deliver the basketball, can score inside a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be the next uh, reincarnation of Isaiah Thomas just yet, but I am saying that uh, they expect him to be serviceable, and I think that is reasonable right now based on uh, at least early expectations. Yeah, let's not reincarnate. Let's not dub anybody from Purdue the reincarnate of an IU guy. That <laughs> we're is talk- correct. We're talking yeah. with Alan Karpik here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline as uh, Purdue gets set for their. Uh, uh, season opener here. Um, look, there's a lot of young guys on this team as well. Um, you being the historian that you are here, uh, with the amount of freshmen and sophomores that are looking to contribute here, uh, does this remind you of any teams from the past? Any years stick out to you when you look at the squad? You know, not you know, it, it's different certainly than the uh, uh, the baby boilers. I think they came in, uh, in in a program that was in such a different place. Now, the year before when Rob Hummel and and uh, Etwan Moore and Juwan Johnson, Scott Martin came in. Purdue did have an NCAA tournament team, but they lost. David Teagan, Carl Landry uh, uh, finished up their eligibility. So I don't think you compare them to them. But I, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, it, it has some of the same feeling of the Vincent Edwards, uh, Dakota Mathias uh, type, uh, maybe even Isaac Haas in that mode, uh, that group. But Hard to know. I think this team is still a little bit more established. If you throw Trey Kaufman Ren into the mix, of course, Trey was here last year and redshirted uh, and had to battle some injuries during the season last year. Uh, you are uh, you're certainly going to have a young team, but that you know is kind of the way of, of uh, college basketball anymore, especially when you get into the talent level that where Purdue is. Not, I'm not saying these guys are all NBA guys and going to be gone in a year. No, I'm just saying. Uh, Purdue's talent uh, pool has continued to progress, and uh, they've got some really good players. And that's what's going to be fun to watch is the youth, the relative youth of this team. Um, yeah, you have a guy in Zach Eady that will be coming back for his junior year, um, but uh, this is a team that really will have Ethan Morton, obviously, too, is a guy that uh, that uh, will provide some stability. But these guys are juniors, uh, Mason Gillis, too. And, and I, I like that. They're also mature guys that have been around. And uh, I guess my saying is, my comment is, college seniors 20 years ago are, are sometimes college seniors, sophomores today in terms of what is expectation. They seem to grow up faster and have those types of roles. Uh, what do you think the identity of this team is going to be? When we look back at it uh, at, at the end of the season, what do you think the, the, the makeup and the identity of this team will be? 
Well, I think that this team's going to we're going to see if it can score, uh, and that's uh, it consistently. I think that that's uh, going to be a real question. Of course, when you replace Travion Williams and Jaden Ivey, uh, among others, this that that is always careful, always called into question. Uh, I think the idea of this team is that they'll they'll be a, a extremely hard working, which is usually the mo with Matt Painter's team. Uh, a team that shares the basketball may have an identity of having a, a different guy each night legion scoring. I don't know. You know, outside of Zach, Eby, I think he, it's all going to run through Zach and how that works and whether he can develop, a, you know, into a 25 to 28 minute a game player. Uh, he's got the talent to do so. He's shown he can do that. He's an elite level player. But I think the, I think it's going to be hard work and determination, and that's not not damning the uh, last year's team with saying they weren't. It's just that last year you had a, you had a top five pick in the NBA on that team. And, and another guy that uh, got an NBA or got a shot in the NBA, Travion Williams is an all big 10 level player. Uh, you don't, at least as of right now, don't have anybody of that level yet uh, of a Jaden Ivey, certainly. Uh, but I think it, that changes that identity a little bit to where I think they may spread the wealth a little bit offensively. And they're going to need to. They're going to need to be able to make shots. That's the question, I think, maybe one of the biggest questions. And find a way to, to, to have a personality defensively, Some, an area that Purdue just struggled with last year, struggled with turnovers at times last year. Uh, you you want to maybe return to more of a team that's maybe less talented and that's maybe a little bit unfair to say at this early point but a team that uh, that can mold it well together and the collective uh, will end up being uh, better than you know some of the parts will be will be will be enough to get Purdue to be a, a top uh, division Big Ten team this year. Alan Karpik with us here on the uh, Hammerhead Hotline from goldenblack.com. Alan who is the most indispensable player for Purdue this year via the uh, maybe it's because of their talent level, or uh, maybe it's just because uh, after that there's just no depth behind them at that position. Who would you consider Purdue's most indispensable player this season? Well, that's probably twofold. I, I would say Braden Smith just because initially, but I really, really my comment is Zach Eady. I think Zach Eady is the guy that's either going to run a lot through. They're going to try to do things to get him the basketball and and be able to do what he does at a very high level. He's been about as efficient a score and rebounder per minute played as any Purdue player in history. Uh, Braden Smith, obviously, that point guard position is important. Uh, again, that's a lot to put on a true freshman, but you, you need to have uh, development in the backcourt. You need to have guys that can score. I think that this group is also, you know, a guy like Mason Gillis becomes really important. Uh, he's a guy that's uh, – been a workmanlike player, has played extremely well in his two years in, in West Lafayette, and I expect he, him to have uh, three years, actually, because he redshirted, but uh, he's a guy that also can be the lunch pail guy that really can help you uh, become, it'll provide you with some level of stability on the front end, and I think that that's going to be a storyline with this team, is who's going to be the guy, rock-solid guys. They have a lot of uh, talent, in my view, or talent that's pretty evenly distributed on this basketball team, but how it works and how they grow uh, together is going to be the storyline of whether this is a team that is an NCAA tournament team or a team that struggles to get in the NCAA, and that's what's going to be an interesting storyline. Alan Carpick, you get goldenblack.com, a tremendous website with great contributors like Tom Deanhart and Brian Newbert that uh, 
just get you all kinds of angles on your Purdue athletics. Uh, subscription stuff is uh, is great too. Uh, there is plenty of free content, uh, so you make sure you check it out uh, each day. I-, I know I do, and uh, I'm a better fan for it. Uh, Alan, I always appreciate the talks that we get to have here, and uh, very excited to be able to talk basketball with you every Friday this season. Yeah, we'll look forward to it, and, and it will be, I think, a really interesting year. And the Boilermakers have a chance to get off to a good start uh, this year. Uh, maybe some of that based on schedule, but uh, it's going to be uh, it, it all. There's always a few twists and turns, and that's going to be a fun story to tell. Welcome back. It's the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7TheHammer.com. Uh, let's go back on over to our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Our very good friend Nate Barrett is uh, on with us here. Nobody gets more excited for Boilermaker basketball uh, than Nate Barrett's wife, who's really the knowledgeable one, uh, and feeds him all of his information. So we thank her again for being a part of the show. And, and Nate, for you, for being that vessel of knowledge that uh, your wife brings to uh, the table here with each week's show. So that leads she's to the way question. Better sports fan than me. <laughs> that leads me to the question, why, why do you even go with Nate? Why don't we well, just... she's very tough to book. That's oh, there the you problem. Go. Gotcha, she's very, gotcha. very busy. Okay. She's the mom of the year and everything, too. Yeah, so. That's true. It's, uh, she, it's she does move. it all. She does it all. Uh, is Julik there? I can barely hear Julik. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll have to turn Julik up there a little bit. Uh-oh. Show Uh-oh. number one, right? Yeah, yeah. Show number one. There we go. Spring training for everybody. There you yes, go. There you go. My, my wife is ready for uh, Purdue basketball season without question. Well, that's good to know. All right. Well, Nate, uh, I'm sure you're ready as well, all jokes aside. Uh, we'll have that first exhibition here on uh, Wednesday. New year, new team, new hope. Um, it's a great time to be uh, to be a Boilermaker fan, but uh, like I said at the top of the show here, so many unknowns with this team because you got a lot of freshmen that could factor in at one point or another here. Yeah, and uh, that'll be fun early. And uh, let, let's let's talk about some of the interesting things they're going to face. They're, they're going to have a tough, tight turn between that PK eighty five classic out in Oregon to the Florida State game. Uh, look at look at the dynamics of that. Come back from the West Coast, it's going to be a tight turn for the Boilers, but it's also a great test um, for them. And then it's just just some wonderful uh, teams in that field out there. That's going to be a great test. And, uh, you know, the fans need to expect a few tough ones early as this team matures and finds their way. But as Matt has done throughout his time here, uh, watch this team gradually improve as the year goes on. And I think, as usual, that the Matt Painter team is going to surprise some people. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm also thrilled to see IU up to 13th in some preseason polls. That <laughs> makes me giggle with delight because I, I'd like to know exactly uh, who feels that uh, they've earned that high of a ranking based on past performance. Yeah, a team who, uh, you know, won their playing game and uh, you know and got waxed in their first real NCAA tournament game last year. They got they, they got a good recruit though. They got a great recruit. Get, recruit. And uh, everything's going to change and- uh, Have you ever noticed how every year uh the uh, IU uh recru- recruiting class is the best they've ever had? I uh, you know Funny what? How that happens. That's, that's that's weird there. It's uh, yeah. I haven't seen any papers Funny for that, that lately works. but yeah, always, and always the best they've ever had. And and they got their big party and stuff, and then and coaches pose with all kinds of celebrities, and <laughs> this is the cool place to go. And then uh, what happens? You know, yeah. they're all excited. They get their they get their trip to Kansas, and they thought, hey, yeah, this is finally uh, Kentucky finally acknowledged them, so they they feel validated in that. And <laughs> and uh, you know, hey, the the. Both their football teams are losing. They just got to—they got to cling to something here, Nate. Uh, give them that. Well, it's gonna—it's—it's it's gonna be fun. And you know, hey, this league, uh, 
you know, is going to be uh, similar to what it is in the past in, in terms of who the the powerhouses should be. And, uh, you know, this, but at Mackey, we know how dangerous Mackey's going to be for the opponents as usual. And, and I, I like, you know, I think about uh, some of the years where we thought, you know, hey, you know, what, what's this going to be like compared to the team we had last year? But I think, that, you know, the fact that you've got to deal with Edie and uh, the fact that Zach's going to be awfully tough to deal with for teams and that you can play through him. And, uh, you know, they'll be interesting to see Braden Smith's development and uh, what Purdue can do in the, in the point guard end of things. But there's talent on this Purdue team. And then at the end of the day, what's the locker room like? If they gel well together, uh, they're going to be just fine. And, they, you know, I think we've got to the point where Matt doesn't basically rebuild. He just kind of reloads. And I think that's, got, why, that's, right. I think that's why you see all the procrastinators, um, you know, basically uh, picking Purdue in the top five because it's a dangerous attempt to try to pick them out of the top five because of the success they've had. Yeah, how do you? Uh, that's that's uh, that's a great point, Jeff. Is Matt has it at a point where he recruits Purdue guys, and they do just they they reload rather than rebuild. And uh, you know, not that IU won't be uh, interesting, and, and they're going to be a story, and they're getting a lot of national press. And uh, you know, we can't forget Micah Shrewsbury is going to continue to build that Penn State program. You know, they'll be dangerous, um, but. Uh, you know, IU and Illinois, of course, will be there. Michigan will be there. And, and uh, the Board of Makers in Michigan State will be right in the mix. Iowa's always a tough out. Uh, Wisconsin's always a tough out. So uh, it's it's going to be a great league. And then, you know, Rutgers went a long way last year toward being tough at home. So, uh, you know, I think uh, you, you know, Nebraska likely to continue to try to struggle and fight their way up. But, you know, that top five, six, seven spots, it's going to be rough sledding like it is every year this league isn't going to change that way we're talking with nate barrett here on our hammerhead hotline we'd already did establish by the way at the top of the show here that uh, aaron Kraft has exhausted his eligibility too i know that's going to be news to a lot of people here uh, i thought he was back uh, for another uh, year unfortunately so is chris kramer yeah <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do uh, uh, nate is there a, a specific player here that you're uh, most excited to see uh, on the court this season well i think uh, i'll tell you this I think a lot of us are rooting hard for Brandon Newman to have a great year. And uh, I think that's a lot of the hope. You know, you're seeing the poster came out a day or two ago and, you know, see him with Edie and Mason Gillis and, you know, uh, just uh, a big opportunity for him. And you hope that, that he can kind of – he stuck around. He's in a tough spot behind Jaden and, and didn't see a lot of time. And uh, you wish him very well this year. I think Mason Gillis continues to just – have such a Big Ten body for his spot that he's he's going to be great. Caleb First, I think, continues to develop into a real key uh, Purdue player that, that before he leaves here could, I think, become a really legendary player at Purdue just because he seems to fit, just fit in Purdue in a lot of ways. But, you know, for Zach, um, what an opportunity for him. I mean, this is his time to uh, to shine and, and maybe, you know, have, a, have an All-American type year. So, you know, if Purdue knocks down threes, if they limit their turnovers, let's face it, last year if you went to one thing, guys, you'd say Purdue turned the ball over too much, uh, didn't always take some great shots. So if they can get back to the Matt Painter teams of the past in terms of turnovers and um, being patient offensively the way we know they can be uh, and, and just make defenses deal with Zach and deal with some of that outside shooting, uh, I, I expect the Boilers to, to be right in the mix. Wouldn't shock me at all, fellas, if, if you saw another – good sweet 16 run out of this team. And, and then once you get that far, who knows? 
And Nate, you know, you've been around Matt a long, long time, and he's such a humble guy. I mean, what did you make of his comments of, uh, you know, of him having maybe the best uh, front court in the country and then talking about Smith, who uh, he said the media is going to be asking why he wasn't a top 50 player about a month into the season. I mean, those are comments you just don't hear out of Matt. And, uh, They're scary. And we heard <laughs> scary him. You know, we got me, a little scared. No, I, I know. He's, he is right. He's, but when he says it, he, he means it. I know that. If he says it, he means it. And, um, you know, and I'm sure he's he's trying to instill confidence in you know in his guys too. But Matt was very transparent about the way they finished the season and his comments at Big Ten Media Day. Uh, you know, he knows it was a disappointment to the fans. It was a disappointment to the coaches. It was a disappointment to the players how they finished up uh, the season. But it was a very exciting season, and you know he's found talent in Carson Edwards and Jaden Ivey and and guys that uh, you know look what Dakota Mathias became and look at how he's worked himself into an opportunity. So Matt finds uh, talent in places other people aren't looking for it, but he really looks at that character. What is he a Purdue guy at heart? Is he a team guy? Is he more concerned about that? We've always heard about the name on the back of the jersey rather than the name on the, you know, the name on the front of the jersey rather than the name on the back. And that's that's what I'm sure he thinks he's got with this group. And, you know, if they'll play together, if that locker room's together, it's a long season, guys. If that locker room is together, you got a chance. But if you've got factions and you don't have guys that are going to play together, Matt will tell you the teams where he's had a tough year, there might have been some of that in the locker room, even though you never hear about it during the season. But if they're together as a unit, you're, you're going to have a great year. And that's where the strong leadership aspect comes in. And, and you take a look at you know your upperclassmen that you have on the roster here, Nate, and do you feel good about that, being able to have those leaders? I mean, you're looking, like I said, Ethan Morton, you're talking about Zach Eady, uh, and I think Brandon Newman is, is probably that guy uh, that everybody else has got to be able to turn to, and, and those guys have to make sure that that doesn't happen. I mean, it's not a very senior-laden team here, uh, Nate. It's a, it's a lot of young guys. So, really, it comes. I, I think in that aspect, it comes down to the leadership of those three. Well, they you have to because, you know, Coach Katie always, you know, would talk about your – you're going to go as far as your seniors are, will take you. And, uh, you know, they've gone ahead and, and also that we should mention, you know, making that decision with Wilbur to, to redshirt him, which makes a lot of sense, especially with that, that injury. But yeah, if, if you don't have seniors, <laughs> then your, your juniors and your, uh, you know, your strong sophomores, they've got to step up and be those leaders. Look, this is Mason Gillis's time. You know, th- this is uh, an opportunity for him as well to really show leadership. It's Brandon Newman's time. It's Edie's time, and uh, you know their leadership, uh, along you know with Ethan, is going to dictate how far this team goes. And it won't be a team, you know, other than Zach. It's not going to be like uh, you know there was so much national attention on Jaden last year. It's not going to be that kind of team. It'll be a different vibe, but that can be okay. That that can work out just fine for these guys. And uh, these Big Ten coaches, they know what they're going to face with a Matt Painter team. They know what they're going to face when they come into Mackey Arena. And, and some of these games are going to be these one, two point games. It's just going to be, can you execute and make a play, a hustle play down the stretch? You guys know, you've been doing this show for years. We know how this Big Ten's going to go for the most part. And it's going to come down to four or five games that Purdue needs to find a way in the league to be on the right side of.
Nate Barrett's uh, man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. I'm just I'm happy to get to t- tease him as that again. That's the best part about uh, basketball season for me. Nate, it's always a pleasure talking some hoops with you, my friend. Boiler up, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. I can't wait, fellas. Thanks for having me. It's the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Big thank you to our guests there, uh, Alan Carpet from goldenblack.com, and, of course, uh, Nate Barrett as uh, well as we spend the entire hour talking Boilermaker hoops. Our first game is coming up on Wednesday. It is uh, an exhibition, Jeff. Uh, we're taking on, is it the Athletes in Action? Is that what Truman. we're doing? No, Truman. Okay, That's right. I, I guess the Athletes you. in Action are booked. Truman State. Am I the only one? Do you remember that? It seemed like every year at oh, IU yeah. they always had the athletes in action down there. Do you remember the year we played the Globetrotters in a competitive game? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There you go. There's. Uh, a, why can't we do I think I went on this rant last year. Can't we get these back? Well, you know, and, and you know, a lot of teams don't even do the exhibition game. They do the, the two secret scrimmages. So, you know, the, the Boilermakers are going to do their secret scrimmage tomorrow against Cincinnati and then uh, take on Truman State. And then Wednesday, November 8th, it all starts for real when uh, Milwaukee comes to town. Yes, and uh, that'll be uh, interesting with the uh, Truman State Bulldog. Do we have any kind of connection? I know normally when we do these things um, in, in the non-conference, there's a couple of teams where you're like, all right, well, hey, we have a uh, we have a connection through like the coaching staff or something like that. Do we have anything in Truman? You know, I, I haven't heard, but I'm sure there is because you know Matt has you know many years he's been coaching. He's got so many connections in the uh, in the coaching world that I'm sure. Uh, 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 that's probably going to be the case with uh, when the Bulldogs come to town. I'm just I'm I'm trying to look it over here and see if we have anything, and uh, I'm just like, uh, no, not nobody that I recognize. <laughs> but who knows? It, it all it you know it all is what it is. But uh, the Boilermakers again uh, kicking off at uh, seven o'clock on Wednesday. That game is on Big Ten Plus. I know that will make fans extremely excited. And speaking of excitement, they reseated the arena this year, so the fans will be uh, finding their new you location. You're saying and- tickets, didn't you? I did, but not a lot of people did. So okay. you know, so I guess you got to know people like Jeff Julian does to be able to do that. <laughs> so look at this game on Wednesday, uh, and then it'll be a week off until uh, Tuesday. The home opener is against Milwaukee. That game is on Big Ten Network, which yes. is uh, fantastic. I mean, really, when I, I look at this, the only ones that you're really missing early on in the season is the uh, game against Truman State, and then there is a game on December the seventh uh, against Hofstra. Right, so Wednesday night, and somehow this thing is only on Big Ten Plus, which hopefully that changes because that seems weird in December to not be able to watch one of those. You know, I understand the first couple; they do that to you all the time. And don't get me wrong, I, I love it as much as the next guy does. Everybody going to Twitter to complain about how Big Ten Plus doesn't work and and how they forked over money for this thing to watch two whole games, and now they're upset with it, but. It's December. I don't feel like we should be having games on Big Ten Plus. And and how could the Big Ten be passing on that? It's uh, according to the, the website here. It's Elf Night at Mackey Arena that night. So like the movie Elf? I don't know. It says Elf Night. So that's uh, that should be a big uh, big event. And only only people five foot five and shorter are allowed to attend. Like what's going on here? Or you know, or what? Will Ferrell size six foot five and uh, taller for uh, help. Well, so. now we all know how uh, Bob Newman felt like in that in that movie. Yeah. We stand next to uh, Zach Eady, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how it's going to open up there. Uh, two games actually that second week: Milwaukee and Austin uh, P as well. Uh, so uh, that's how the whole thing will start out, and then you get into Marquette and the Gavit games, and all of a sudden, you know, it jumps up. And that leads you into that Phil Knight legacy. When we, when we heard Nate talk about this here, too, the quick turn here that you're going to take 
um, you can uh, figure some things out there in those first couple of games, and then you can put something to the test there against Marquette, and then, boy, buddy, let me tell you, it's going to get real, and it's going to get real really quick with uh, West Virginia, which will be a solid squad, and then if you can get through that, you're probably taking on Gonzaga, and you want to make a statement, you want a shot, that's a shot for you right there. That'll get some attention if you can come out there and ball out against Gonzaga. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's just a great opportunity for the Boilermakers to, uh, you know, to see where they're at that particular point and uh, see how much this uh, underclassmen and freshmen have developed as they head out to Oregon to uh, uh, to take on some very good opponents. Yeah, uh, that'll be something. Take on the number two team in the country uh, will uh, definitely. That'll definitely get the uh, blood boiling, that's for sure. Of course, uh, our annual game against Florida State again in the (laughs) Big Ten ACC Challenge. I have no idea how that keeps on uh, happening. Um, But then that'll take us right into Minnesota to to lead off the Big Ten. And uh, Terry Dissinger bobblehead game giveaway. How about that for the bobblehead this year? Perfect. There you go. Um, You know, Hofstra then and then uh, Nebraska. uh, That's that little early tilt that we have in the uh, Big Ten. Uh, you'll go down and take on Davidson right there around finals on the 17th. Uh, you've got your uh, Christmas break games against New Orleans to Florida A&M, who definitely did not sign up for coming up to Indiana in the middle of late or in the late December. Uh, they'll hate that. And then you're you're thrust into the Big Ten schedule there, um, which, you know, we know is going to be uh, it's going to be a meat grinder. I, I think you got to be you got to be excited about what you had early on there for your two games with Minnesota and Nebraska yeah, in, I think in a time where you're going to have to figure a lot of things out. That's a nice little dip the toe into the pool type uh, start to the big 10 season. Yeah. I think that's perfect for a young team because they're going to be really challenged with that, uh, the Phil Knight classic. And then, you know, for them, that's the easiest two games that the Boilermakers have had to start the season. But don't forget, uh, you know, a few years ago, they made that trip out to uh, Nebraska for that early game and got uh, defeated. So, you know, so these will be games that will challenge this team, and that's exactly what you want. And then you kind of ease yourself into the uh, into the Big Ten schedule when you when you take on Rutgers because you know is it possible to play Rutgers without uh, you're at home Ron against Harper, Rutgers? So you're uh, not going out to the rack or without Jersey Ron Mike's Harper being on the team. Yeah. I mean, he's been there forever. So yeah, and then be. we go to High State, and High State is like transfer you this year. I mean, they uh, you know they're counting on uh, transfers from Oklahoma State and Wright State and uh, all quality transfers, but uh, you know, this Ohio State team is uh, completely gone with uh, uh, with uh, AJ Liddell gone, and so it, it it'll be interesting to see how the Buckeyes are. I, I think it's going to be uh, a lot of fun there, uh, January the eighth. You don't have to go into uh, College Park in that black hole that is the Bryce Jordan Center. No, you're going to the plus, uh, the Palestra over there in Philadelphia. Uh, where the that's uh, Penn Quakers used to play there all the time, right? I, I think this is really cool that they're doing this. Uh, in a classic gymnasium like that, uh, not to mention Philadelphia, I think you got a much better chance of getting uh, a few more Purdue Boilermaker fans in there at a place like this. I mean, it's just, it's not fun. We, we've gone over this. It's not fun to drive out there to Bryce Jordan Absolutely. whatsoever. Absolutely. And, you know, Coach Shrewsbury is going to have a nice team this year. You know, they uh, he's got two of his top three scores back from last year. And, uh, you know, they were a competitive team. They lost a lot of close games. And, uh uh, I think Penn State's going to be a much improved team this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, you finish out January Michigan State at Minnesota, which I know uh, we don't think very highly of Minnesota, but I'm sorry, I'm an old soul, and uh, anytime we go to Minnesota, I hold my breath just a little bit. 
no particular reason, just, uh, <clears throat> you know, just some memories, that's all. Oh, um, it's been cursed over there. But... Yeah, don't don't like that. Uh, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, I mean, I feel like this is, the, this is where it really comes down to being tough, is that end of January, early February, where you go Maryland at home, Michigan on the road, Michigan State at home, Penn State at home, and then the uh, IU game down there in Bloomington. Uh, that's that's the real rough stretch for me, I think. That's the brutal stretch when it comes to uh, the Big Ten schedule. But at least we're talking the end of January, early February. Before you get there, um, you'll be able to know what kind of a team you are by then. Yeah, that's a great point, Jared. And you would expect Matt to have made a tremendous amount of improvement. And every year you see Purdue prove the most over the holiday season. You know, we talked about it earlier how bad they were uh, the year that they, they went to the uh, Elite Eight. And, and, you know, they struggled in uh, – uh, in the Crossroad Classic and just struggling in non-conference, and then all of a sudden they got their, their act together coming out of the new year. I was going to say, they got their what together? Act. <laughs> okay, I thought you were going to say something else. I'm like, I thought they were pretty good uh, after that, but uh, maybe Jeff remembers it differently. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you finish up down the stretch here. It's not bad at the end of February here. You're at home against Ohio State. You get Indiana at home for the blackout game, which will be fantastic on a Saturday night. You love that. Uh, you take a trip up to Madison, and then uh, you're playing Illinois, which uh, it's at home, which is fantastic. You know, going over to Champaign sometimes has been a real mixed bag in the uh, in the past. Uh, like to see that you uh, only have Illinois here at home. I mean, overall, you like the Big Ten schedule. You get IU twice, which you want to do right. Uh, but you only get Northwestern once, which kind of stinks. You, you do get Minnesota twice. Uh, you get Nebraska twice, but you, you'd really like to have Northwestern twice. Let's uh, yeah. let's be honest <laughs> with the, the way that they are. But other than that, I, it felt like it was a pretty fair draw for them. I, I don't think this is too brutal or anything like that. I feel like this is this is about fair. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's a really good schedule. And, you know, unfortunately, they don't have any say in how the Big Ten puts that together. But I think Matt would be pleased with that because – it gives us a, ch- a team a chance to develop and uh, get challenged at the same time. So. Yeah, and three of your last four at home, too, doesn't hurt either. Yeah, I always like having that IU game at the end of the season at home. It's just, uh, you know, they've had tremendous success with the uh, Hoosiers uh, and especially at Mackey. So it's always fun. And as you said earlier, a night game will be uh, a lot of fun there. Yeah, it'll be great. And uh, that's the look at things, too. And I'm sure IU will appreciate uh, as they uh, just barely uh, sit on the bubble, probably at that point, getting to take on a ranked Boilermaker team will uh, maybe help their <laughs> chances there. It'll help the strength of schedule. All right. Well, Jeff, unfortunately, that's going to about do it for us here. We've uh, plum run out of time here today. Uh, we want to thank our good friends, Alan Carpet, goldenblack.com. Great resource. Keeping up Boilermaker. Brian Newbert just does such a great job attracting Boilermaker basketball yep. and all the recruits as well. Um, so it's always great to have uh, one of those guys on. So big thank you to Alan for being on with us here today. Uh, we also want to thank Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Of course, you love him on the postgame Colin show during football, but he is Mr. Purdue Sports. Let's face it. The Ryan Crest of, of Purdue? The, the of, Ryan Seacrest, yes. Crest. Oh, wait a minute. That's you. I, I get confused on that, so I'm sorry. Me too. I'll tell you what. I swear. Here off the Christmas cards list. Uh, so that's going to do it for us. Listen, we're going to do this every Friday right after the Hammer Down show. Four o'clock, we go right into your Boiler Basketball show we're going to do it all season long. Uh, Jeff and myself and our guests like Alan and, and Nate and, and breaking down the Boilermakers and, and talking about them because uh, we know you love them. We love them, too. And we're really looking forward to what's going to be a tremendous season of Boilermaker basketball, Jeff. We didn't do any predictions today, and that's probably a good thing, though. And there's plenty of time for that. 
Yeah, let's wait until we get through uh, the first couple of games here. Yeah. We'll get into that kind of stuff. But we want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to today's Boiler Basketball Show here on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Boiler Up, we'll see you next week.